1: Hello, and welcome to an autumnal October edition of the Royal Horticultural Society's Gardening Podcast. If you've listened before, you know that this is a podcast made by people who know and love gardening, for people who love gardening, and who would like to know more. Every edition contains topical discussions and practical advice on everything green, from roses to rhubarb, slug defences to container planting ideas, so there's something to interest all garden lovers in every show. In today's podcast, we're talking about giant pumpkins, prize-winning photography, bountiful fruit and veg, and autumn garden events. I'm Tony Dickerson, one of the RHS's team of horticulture advisors based here at RHS Garden Wisley in Surrey. This month, Harvest Festival's being held all around the country. Traditional celebrations are the rewards of the year's labor, and as a keen allotment here myself, what I enjoy about these events is the chance to meet enthusiasts and expert growers, to wonder at the size and perfection of the prize's crops, the result of many hours of dedication and devotion, but also to meet the keen growers exhibiting for the first time and trying their hand. The RHS recently held its annual London Harvest Show in the Lindley Hall at the Society's headquarters near Victoria Station. Our podcast team went to see what was attracting gardeners' attention at this year's show. We met some of the award-winning nursery growers, some of the experts speaking to rapt audiences on the show's talk stage, And of course, checked out the winner of the annual Giant Pumpkin Competition, a crowd-pleasing feature of the show every year.
2: I'm Georgina Barter, I'm the RHS Competitions Manager and we're at the RHS Harvest Festival Show. It is a big celebration of harvest, we have a large fruit and vegetable competition with over 50 exhibitors and 150 classes from apples and pears to pumpkins, squashes, marrows, giant leeks and possibly the most exciting thing in the show are the giant pumpkins this is its fourth year our winner this year is a first-time winner he's from Beechgrove grove school he's called ben and his pumpkin has come in at 1247 pounds which is one of the biggest pumpkins we've had at the show it would be roughly the size of a small cow We've had two school children, one Beechgrove School's year, year group, but in one pumpkin, which came third. And we had two new exhibitors who actually came second and fourth. So we've had a lovely entry for the competition this year.
3: Can you tell me your name and what you've done? I beg. Have you grown this pumpkin? Yes. How did you grow this pumpkin? Did you use special seeds? Yeah. Are they from the previous winners? Oh, yes. Ah. That's amazing, Ben. Congratulations. Yeah. And you won the first prize. Yeah. That is fantastic. Let me say congratulations again and shake your hand. Thank you.
4: My name's Matthew Oliver, and I am the fruit and veg gardener at RHS Hyde Hall. And this year I've been growing giant pumpkins, uh, sort of a bit of a mini side project, not a mini side project, a big side project up there. Um, And that's why I'm here today. I brought one of my pumpkins along for the show. This is my second biggest pumpkin. Um, and it's weighed in at 1,107.6 pounds, so every ounce counts. So it came up a bit heavier than I was expecting. I knew it was around the 1,000-pound mark, but it's heavier than I thought, so I'm well happy with that. The main secret is you need good seed. You can't just go out and buy any packet of pumpkin seed and expect to grow a Giant. You've got to have uh, seed with good, good pedigree, so it's a strain of Atlantic Giant. Comes from the, the top top growers in the world, so they've taken the original Atlantic Giant and had about 30 or 40 years of sort of amateur hobbyist growers across the world, you know, hybridising year in year out, and the weights keep going up and up and up. Seed swapping across the world, people exchanging seed, everything, and that's how we've ended up with these such a variety of shapes, sizes, and colours that all reach this uh, this size, this weight. My one's very pale, bordering on sort of a. Creamy white, almost, um, and then we've got others that are more of a, a peachy orange, and then another one that's your more classic dark orange colour. And that kind of shows the diversity in, in the genetics amongst giant pumpkins. What we're finding at the moment is it's, it's the paler ones, what, what you know, what known as the whiteies. They're the ones that seem to be coming up. At the, at the top level of the of giant pumpkin well, they're the ones that seem to be producing the heaviest pumpkins, is the, the paler coloured ones. So yeah, the home of giant pumpkin growing is America or North America really, because pumpkins originate from North and Central America, so they've got the right climate out there. So um, they've, that's, the, that's where the biggest ones are grown. They have giant pumpkin growing clubs, you know, people you know grouping together, helping each other out. Very much uh, have individual records for every state, everything, um, but over the years it's been sort of exported around the globe. So, you know, it's getting bigger in the UK. We've got a couple of real keen growers, um, you know, uh, p- pushing things forward, to getting some heavy weights. Quite popular as well in sort of northern Europe, so kind of uh, Belgium, Switzerland, Germany, those kind of areas, kind of some real keen growers. If we go much further south, so a lot of the southern states in the US, or kind of the Mediterranean European countries, it starts getting a bit too hot for growing them. So it's very much like very sort of narrow band across the northern hemisphere where the best areas for growing giant pumpkins. This year we've got you know we've got seven really good entries, um, and I think that, that this is what's so impressive about giant pumpkin growers is that pretty much everyone that's doing it is uh, um, like a hobby grower you know the gardening not their profession you know they can't dedicate all their time to it and people are doing this you know in their spare time and they're even that's what's so impressive about it that, that it's so, the dedication that goes into growing these and you know, you know the winning entry this year is done by a school the seed they used came from the top growers in the UK um, and it's won by grown by a school down in Kent um, I, I met, the, met the teacher or the guy that was uh, uh, sort of overseeing the project it was unsurprisingly an American. But no, it's great being here for when they've been unloaded and waiting had you know, this whole school bus of, uh, of kids turning up. It was, it was great. You know, what better way to get kids involved
5: in gardening? You know, it just captures the imagination. It's brilliant. I'm Jorge Rodriguez-Martin. I'm the London Show's manager. And we are at the Harvest Festival show in Vincent Square. It's like a village show, but in central London. So it's a unique opportunity to come and see huge pumpkins, but also really amazing vegetables and fruits that have been looked after and grown by experts, which are not really experts, these are regular people who grow the vegetables in the garden, allotments, and they come here to compete and to see if they get a really good price. We're doing some demonstrations and some uh, apple tasting, so the public can come here, try different types of apples, go home with some apples, and uh, obviously get the expert advice on how to grow your apples. So you can come and spend the whole day here, you can have your lunch and then attend the talks on how to grow your vegetables. and uh visit the shops and there's a lot to do really uh, and just have a stroll around like a walk around look at the amazing grapes and apples and displays of fruit and vegetables that i think that itself is really unique and if you're in central london where where else can you go and see something like this just here
3: hello i'm at the london harvest show and i'm sigri from rhs Wisley. we've got a whole range of apples here that are grown at Wisley we're offering tastings and then you can buy them if you want. I really love Margill because it's a really gorgeous little apple and it's full of flavour. It's quite little but it's got a lovely russeting and yellow and red and you can really see the sunshine in it and i don't think people have necessarily heard of it so here we've got apple bardsey which was actually found um on the island of bardsey so it's sort of called the sainted apple it's got a lemon scent it's a lovely dessert apple but it cooks well as well i think this is a really great place to come and find the apple that suits your taste and that you can maybe grow at home
6: We are uh, The Orchard Project, we're a charity which creates and restores community orchards all over the UK. Uh, We've planted and and designed over 100 community orchards in the country over the last seven years and in London um, we're also launching a brand new project right now to um, restore some of London's lost orchards and bring them back to health. So we're going to find and bring back to glory 30 um, of the lost orchards of London, restoring them back to health and also restoring the community group to go with them, because fundamental to what we do at The Orchard Project is we create community orchards, and that means healthy orchards and also community groups to work with them. But also within that project we're going to be um, creating a unique community-powered juicing enterprise in London as well. of all the community orchards and anyone else that has apple trees in their garden or in their allotment, to will be able to gather together the harvest, drop it off at different points around London, We're going to juice it, and we're going to turn it into cider as well, and people will be able to get half of the weight of the apples that they drop off back for free, juice and cider as well. We're starting in London. We'd love to be able to do it in other cities. We're doing it on a smaller scale in Leeds right now, and we work with someone who does it already up in Manchester as well in his own business. It is just starting in London, though. This week, the equipment's being dropped off, so we're setting up our cider house this week. A community orchard requires a community and some trees, and... Over the years, if the community stops caring for it, or in some cases if it was on private land, make, make, there are lots of orchards in London that were planted in hospitals years ago, for example, and in private estates, as those hospitals close down, or the private estates are sold off and so on, the orchard gets forgotten. And in some cases, community groups move away, and, and again, the trees get forgotten. The trees stay there, they carry on growing, but so does the scrub underneath, the brambles, the, uh, the ivy. Um, the, the higher trees start to create a canopy over the top of them um, and they they aren't pruned and cared for so much and so they start to become less productive and sometimes more diseased um, and they're lost and I've been speaking to people all day that have been going I didn't know there was an orchard near me when they're looking at the map at our stall what we'll do is we'll find them we've been scouring London talking to people over the last 18 months trying to uncover these ones that have been forgotten and lost talking to community groups and families that remember them when they were children we'll bring them uh, over a course of sometimes one year of pruning and sometimes over several years of pruning if they're old trees that need a bit of delicate handling to bring them back to health Um, and alongside doing that we'll do uh, work with the community to bring a community group back to health as well so that the orchard will have a, a healthy future over the years to come.
7: I'm Jenny Bowden and I'm one of the horticultural advisors here at the show uh, at Vincent Square in London and uh, we're giving advice on any aspects of gardening, not just fruit and veg, we have uh, Jim Arbery who's doing fruit identification today and also Jerry Edwards, uh, so we're giving advice on fruit and veg but also other aspects of gardening. But if you really want some full insights into the specialities of fruit and veg then we have a full range of nurseries here as well who can help you choose and who are familiar with all the stock that they have and can give you some special insights. We do get quite a few questions on apple pruning, which people seem to find quite complicated, but we can simplify it for people, uh, so it's not too difficult. Also a few pest problems. People are having uh, caterpillars, codling moth caterpillars. You know when you cut open an apple and you find there's a a little path that goes right through to the core that's been uh, hollowed out by a a small caterpillar, which is uh, a codling moth larvae so we've been helping a few people out with that particular problem. You can use pheromone traps to actually attract them and and you can actually control the moth that way. It's also used commercially, the pheromone trap, as a monitor, so when you get a certain number of moths being trapped then the commercial uh, grower knows then when to spray. Uh, This is a store for the RHS Lindley Library. We're promoting our tours today that we're holding. I'm also promoting our collections, which we have um, a vast collection of books, rare books as well, our archives, our photography collections and our art collections, so botanical art. And I'm promoting the fact that we have upcoming events and that um, we are a lending library to RHS members, although we are also open to the public to study and browse everybody's very
8: welcome to visit the library. We've currently got a new exhibition open which is called A Capable Businessman, which is the first ever public display of the account book of Capability Brown. Um, So this is a really important publication because it's revealed so many new details about his working process and how he managed to transform all the great estates that he did across the country. So with our exhibition on Capability Brown, we are really interested in the theme of landscape gardening and garden design. Um, So coming up on the 25th of October, we have a one day workshop for garden designers, which is creative drawing skills for garden designers. So it's a beginner's course, no experience necessary, just a bit of a willingness to pick up a pen. And also, of course, an interest in seeing some fantastic items from our special collections. All of our events are listed on our website. Um, You can get to the library website through rhs.org.uk forward slash libraries. Uh, We also have a brand new Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash RHS Lindley Library. So please check us out and give us a like.
9: Neil Hope from the Southern branch of the National Vegetable Society. I look after the membership nationwide as well as well. Uh, I've got three allotments, do a lot of growing myself. Uh, I've been up here judging today which is a pity because I had a lovely set of runner beans and there were no runner beans on the table, but couldn't enter them because I was judging. (laughs) It's been a difficult growing year. It was very cold and damp very early on for a long time, and then we had a very hot spell in the summer, and I really suffered because we went down to the new forest show and we took a week out at the end of July, and it was the hottest week of the year, and there was no one to water the allotment. So I came back and the runner beans were frazzled. So... But some things have done surprisingly well. Potatoes have done particularly well this year, peas have done well, uh, carrots have done well, but we're, we're getting on now. We're now seeing some rain, which is lovely. So it's been a late season. It was an early season and it's been a late season, and it was quite, quite in the middle. There's four pairs of judges, so between us we don't judge the whole show, but on the particular piece that I did, the short carrots were excellent. Very good selection of herbs, six different kinds of herbs. One of the best, strongest entries. I think there were seven entries, and it's good to see that many varieties of things like thyme and marjoram, uh, oregano and parsley that we don't and mint that we don't see at shows very often. So that was good to see. Uh, but particularly strong this year have been all the potatoes. The potato entries have done very well this year, and I think it was for the best in show it was a choice between two of the potato dishes as well so that just shows that how, how strong the potato sections were because as i said earlier the potatoes came uh, surprisingly well given the weather conditions uh, certainly in my part of the world in surrey we didn't have any blight at all which is a bit unusual but uh, that's the second year we haven't had any potato blights so we're well pleased with that
1: The podcast team at the RHS London Harvest Festival Show. You're listening to the RHS Gardening Podcast. If you missed the London Harvest Festival Show this year, don't worry. There are plenty more shows and events coming up in the next few weeks all around the UK. Join RHS's Harlow cast Catherine Musgrove to discover the special plants that provide winter beauty in the woodland, winter walk and ornamental borders on a garden walk on the 9th of December. Catherine will give you ideas about how you can make your garden interesting in this tricky season, and the walk will end with a mince pie and warm drink and your own 1 litre potted holly to take home. Booking is essential. Get down to earth at Hyde Hall on the 10th of November with our compost making workshop. We'll show you what ingredients you need as well as suitable containers and then you can sit back and let nature do the rest. It's £15 for members, £25 for non-members. You can get ahead for Christmas with our Paper to Petals Workshop at Rosemore on the 26th and 27th of November. Make beautiful handmade flowers from crepe paper to decorate your home this Christmas. Come along and have a go between 11am and 1pm, and again from 2pm to 4pm. Spend an hour with delphiniums at Wisley on the 12th of November, as the Delphinium Society offers practical advice on their plant group for beginners and experts alike. You can find more details of these and many more events on our website, rhs.org.uk forward slash event search. The next show in London is the always popular Shades of Autumn Show, which is also held in the Lindley Hall on the 28th and 29th of October. One of the highlights of the Shades of Autumn Show is the exhibition of images from the Society's annual photography competition. Every year we receive hundreds of stunning photos, making choosing the winning entries a tough task for the panel of judges. To tell us more, here is the Chair of Judges, Chris Young, Editor of the RHS's Magazine for Members, The Garden.
10: One of the real highlights for me at this year's show is uh, the photographic competition exhibition. Uh, this year we relaunched our photo competition and as a result we've got this beautiful exhibition at the show. An exhibition is showing really some of the best images that have won different categories or been overall winners of previous competitions. And as I look around me I'm, I'm still amazed, as having been a judge for quite a few years, about the beauty of some of these images and the detail and the quality that people have been sending in. The exhibition shows the range of photographic styles and ability that people have had, whether it's a really lovely um, early morning scene of RHS Garden Wisley in Surrey uh, with snow on the paths and ice on the, on the lake, uh, whether it's an image of uh, some children leaning over a fence looking into a, a sealed-off private garden, uh, but just looking at the garden with their eyes, you can imagine, wide open, and thinking of the uh, formal structure and the colour that they're seeing beyond a fence. For me also, some of the really interesting images are what people do in an abstract or detail way. And this is when they really focus at a ma- micro level at an image or a part of a flower. And again, in the exhibition, we can see some real beauty here. Uh, there's a lovely anemone, which is really, really uh, a blend of purples, reds, clarets, burgundies. And there's a, it's a really tight photograph of the beauty um, of the inside of the flower. There's also another image which always attracts my eye, which I've seen for a few years now, and that is the swirls of a chrysanthemum. Uh, It's almost like a Dutch master, the painting, because it's got a very dark black background and the yellow and the reds of the flowers are swirling into into focus. It's really evocative and really helps us convey both the beauty of plants, but also the power of photography. The exhibition really sums up what we in the RHS love about photography, whether it's close-ups, long views plants, woodlands, wildlife, children, whatever the different interest areas people have. And this year we relaunched the competition. We started it uh, in late spring and it closes at the end of February. And this year it's now free and open to everybody, so you don't just have to be a member. Uh, You can submit up to five images in up to nine categories. Um, And we're really trying to open it out and share people's passion for gardens and plants, but also for photography, because we know that people do love doing both. One of the innovations this year has been the social media category and that is a way that people each month can submit a photograph with the hashtag RHS RHSphotocomp and uh, whether that's on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram and they can submit images free of charge, upload them using that hashtag and then we select the best and that then goes to a public vote on our social media platforms. At the end of the competition, at the end of the year, all of the winners from those social media entries each month will then get put into the winner to choose of the overall social media category. So it's a really nice way that people can be spontaneous, instant, and take a whole variety of different images each month and just submit them into the competition. The other important part of our competition is the two uh, children's areas. We have young photographer and children's photographer. Uh, The children's photographer goes up from 11 to 18, and the young photographer goes up to 11. And again, this is about capturing children's spirit and delight and interest in plants, gardens, wildlife, being outside clouds, trees, whatever a child's view of the world is and for me I've been judging for quite a few years now and it's quite humbling seeing some of the photos that kids take because actually they're often really brilliant and it also reminds you that Obviously, children are shorter, so they see things in a different way. They look at the detail in a different way. Um, and also with the, some of the older children, maybe those in the 15, 16, 17-year-olds, they're actually doing photography for school or college, and the quality of their submissions really does increase and improve each year. So when you're at the show, please do come and have a look at the exhibition. We're really excited about it. We think there's some amazing images to be inspired for. And hopefully, when you leave the show, you will go outside into your gardens, landscapes, parks, take photographs and submit them into the competition.
1: Chris Young, Chair of the Panel of Judges of the RHS's Photographic Competition. You can find more details of the competition and how to enter on our website, The closing date for submissions is the 28th of February, 2017, and this year, for the first time, entry is free. Well, that's all we have time for in this edition of the RHS Gardening Podcast. We'll be back with more in a fortnight, when we'll be discussing spring bulbs and tackling your gardening questions. Until then, remember you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at the underscore RHS. For now, from me, Tony Dickerson, and all the podcast team, goodbye.